Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. It is April 27, 2023. Hope you're all doing well on this Thursday. We're heading into the last stretch of the month of April here. Um, so hope you all been doing well, you know, and obviously staying energized, staying focused and doing what you guys got to do. Staying in top peak form all the way across. As always, thank you for listening um, to another edition of my podcast. I know I've been kind of spotty at best when I've come out with some episodes as of late. Um, changes are coming. Things will change. I know I keep promising that. Uh, who knows? At some point, it will be maybe more frequent and more about other things that are transpiring from athlete standpoint of view or stories that really which I used to kind of really dive into back then uh, a few years ago I hope to get back to some resemblance of that but having said that you can find obviously more of my content and episodes uh, throughout uh, the 300 plus or so episodes that I've done uh, on various platforms including uh, Spotify Zencaster Amazon, you know, and obviously Apple Podcast, Overcast, Stitch. Um, so do check it out. Do listen in. And uh, as always, thank you for supporting and tuning in to what I have to say. So in today's episode, um, I want to get into a couple of things. I want to talk about some of what we saw in the NBA playoffs transpire yesterday. And then I wanted to talk about the NFL Draft, which kicks off tonight. And we'll obviously go into the weekend. Um, you know, we'll go into the weekend as well, you know, with a lot of interesting things to watch out for, you know. And the draft is obviously one of those times of the years where teams get, you know, a chance to bring in that new talent and, uh, you know, shape their team a certain way. And we've seen a lot of teams have successful drafts and, other teams have not so good drafts, so that will be all on display tonight. Although obviously there's rounds two and three, which you know do tend to change things around for some teams, so a lot to watch out for. So I'm going to kind of preview the draft tonight, some of the things that I'm looking forward to, things that I have questions about, and then some. So let's start with the NBA playoffs. Um, yesterday. Um, I will start with the New York Knicks. I gotta say, I did not see this coming. As I mentioned before, I've, I've always kind of been a Knicks fan when Carmelo Anthony was there in New York. And Knicks uh, are a team that I kind of like to root for uh, most of the time whenever they've been playing. And, you know, I felt like heading to this season, there were a lot of questions about, you know, whether or not Brunson and Randall and Barrett this young group with Tom Thibodeau would be able to kind of find their way and the season started off a little bit interesting got a little bit tough in the middle but the Knicks really surprised me they surprised um, they definitely surprised a lot of people and Jalen Brunson has been the biggest reason for the Knicks success uh, this season with Julius Randle um, you just saw this team play with so much confidence and so much energy and you felt like they had, they had at one point they had a uh, you know, one of the best records on the road this season, which they still do. Um, and that kind of held true. And I'm surprised they were able to win this series 
against the Cleveland Cavaliers in five games. You know, I thought it would be a stretch to maybe a sixth game possibly. You know, but I did not see this coming from the New York Knicks. And that is a surprise. And so that's great to see um, altogether. You, you kind of hope that the New York Rangers can find some of that magic the Knicks found. Um, because they're heading to a game five against the, the Devils, I believe, tonight or the day after tomorrow. So, um, but the Knicks get, get their first playoff series win since 2013 by beating the Cavaliers uh, in the series 4-1. to one. Uh, The Knicks came out and, you know, they played a game in which you saw Jalen Brunson do his thing, you know, get, the, get his shots going, get himself flowing. R.J. Barrett put together another solid performance after, you know, not having that so much in the first game or so. He really came on strong, um, you know, and showed something. And obviously, Randall still dealing with that ankle, kind of played, re-injured it, although unfortunately, uh, so he might be a little bit hobbled, but the Knicks really just came out and played their style of basketball. They got great shot make shots from, uh, you know, from Hart, uh, who made some good key rebounds. Mitchell Robinson played extremely well down low in the paint, um, and you saw quickly do some good things, McBride as well, and Toppin as well. So collectively, the Knicks played a really solid game uh, that you saw them really just give us a Cavaliers. The Cavaliers tried. Mitchell obviously put forth his best effort. Darius Garland put forth an effort, but the Cavs kind of lacked, um, you know, that that depth and that scoring punch that you needed from, you know, anyone else or, or outside of Mitchell. You know, they they were one of the best teams in the regular season because of their defensive efficiency and being able to play a certain way. But Cavaliers just didn't kind of put it all together, right? They had stretches where they looked really, really good. They could never finish, although. And they're a young team that obviously is on the come up. Had a really successful season with Mitchell obviously coming there. And um, obviously the talent that they have, the Cavaliers could find themselves back in this conversation again in the first round, second round. Um, but the Knicks were just much better um, in terms of having that third scoring option. The Cavaliers really didn't have that third consistent scorer in this series, right? They hoped that Mobley would be be able to do that or Levert be able to do that um, or Okoro could possibly do that but that didn't really transpire with the Cavaliers so the biggest thing for them this season is really uh, in the offseason is really to figure out you know who are they going to add um, in terms of scoring you know proudness or on the wing right uh, or do they try to you know go out and you know recruit um, you know in terms of like landing some you know, handling someone who can play off the ball better because it's definitely probably frustrating for Donovan Mitchell seeing how, you know, he was always linked to the New York Knicks and obviously the Knicks beat him and he got beat by Jalen Brunson once again. And I think that last year, possibly, uh, or the year before that, I think that Brunson and the Maverick, when Brunson was a Maverick, I think they eliminated the Utah Jazz last year. I believe so. Uh, and then the year before that, I think it happened as well. So, you just look at Donovan Mitchell. It's definitely frustrating for him, no doubt, because he obviously came to a team that he felt like had uh, a really good shot, possibly, to make a run. And ended in a fashion they lost on their home court. So, I mean, compared to the Knicks, they really played this game with pace. They kind of broke away late in the fourth quarter. Um, 
went on a pretty good run there. And so the Knicks are firing on all cylinders. I'm just appalled at how well they they play in this series. And Jalen Brunson's confidence, his ability to hit shots, uh, the way that he's hitting them, it's just tremendous what he's been able to do to this whole entire Knicks team. They're obviously believing in each other, playing hard. And they advance now to the Eastern Conference semifinals matchup. And now heading over to the other series that had a game five yesterday, that's between the Miami Heat and the uh, and Milwaukee Bucks. Miami Heat um, pulled off pulled off one of the uh, you know one of the top upsets probably in recent memory uh, in terms of they beat the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and have sent the Bucks home. Uh, Jimmy Butler once again coming through um, with his leadership and his play as the Heat, a team that obviously has struggled most of this season, right, playing subpar basketball, not having the best consistency, with obviously no Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love, um, and I think another player out or so. I mean, the Heat found a way to cap this series off. I mean, enough can be said by the Miami Heat in terms of Eric Wilson's coaching in this series. was tremendous. I think this, this is the the Miami Heat are the first team in terms of like the play-in tournament to obviously win and then win a series in, the, in this fashion. And I don't know, the Bucks really, it's really a, a really a big surprise and a letdown because you feel like the Milwaukee Bucks were a team that, you know, based on you know what happened last year, they were going to try to obviously come back and Giannis playing unbelievable MVP basketball and. You know, you saw this team collectively play well and do a number of things. But when it came to it, the Milwaukee Bucks just really let two games slip away from them in this series. And I think that was the story of the series where that Miami Heat battled back um, in two of the games that were, you know, the two games or so in this series, you know, they they battled back um, and they really uh, defended... Giannis um, to a point where obviously they forced him to make other decisions with the basketball and uh, it was just surprising to see the Bucks not get off a shot towards the end, right? I mean, look at the play design. It could have been a lot better if they had found a way to get someone like Drew Holiday with the ball at least. That would have been solid, but Miami Heat trailed in this game I believe and uh, in Game Five, and they just battled back. You saw Jimmy Butler do his thing. You saw, uh, obviously, Vincent and Struss play well. Uh, the Heat just collectively, you saw them hit shots and you know, get into get into it. And obviously, they don't have obviously Hero and Old Depot, which is tough. Um, but they persevere. They show a lot, and they force the Bucks into some mistakes. And the Bucks really went without a field goal for quite some time in, in the overtime period. Um, but the Bucks defense kind of, kind of had many breakdowns in this game, consistently over the last six minutes of the game. You just did not see enough from from the Milwaukee Bucks to counteract what the Miami was doing, and so the Miami Heat put off one of the biggest upsets probably in recent memory. They get revenge from being swept a couple of years ago, as well as losing uh, to the Bucks I think a, a year ago or so as well. So. It was just one of those performances where Giannis played subpar. Obviously, he had to miss that 
one game with the, with the injury. Um, but overall, the Bucks kind of disappointed. They came up short in, in a lot of areas that they could have been a lot better in. Uh, they had a chance to keep this series uh, interesting, and but they just weren't able to, you know, able to finish. And uh, I'm sure they're gonna try to make a few other changes, uh, but not the kind of end that you saw for Milwaukee Bucks. And you know, in terms of like expected to see them in, in, in the second round at least. But now that is not the case. The Miami Heat, the better team, they play like it, and now. We get an Eastern Conference semifinals matchup um, in which the New York Knicks will be hosting uh, the Knicks will be hosting the Miami Heat at MSG Game One, I believe, on Sunday. Which it's just crazy to believe that this is what it's kind of come to (laughs) for the Knicks, right? Obviously, they had the number had the higher seed, um, and now they get to play the Miami Heat, a team that they are. Well, too familiar with had some memorable battles in the regular season with, and now both teams will be looking to go at each other. A lot of history, obviously, involved with both teams and some of the players and the coaches, right? Um, so it's going to be a very entertaining series to see how that plays out. Uh, but yeah, definitely a great day for uh, the Nick, you know, the Nick fan base in terms of like what we saw transpire here. You know, and now you just hope that they can kind of continue to keep it going because playing a Miami Heat team that has turned, you know, flipped the script a little bit. They've played some of the best basketball they've played in recent memory. So it will be entertaining to watch which way this series swings. Um, obviously, Philadelphia continues to wait for the conclusion of the Boston Celtics and the Atlanta Hawks series, which will have a game six coming up soon enough here. Um, and we'll find out now if Boston is able to get it done because they are definitely uh, looking to bounce back from a tough finish in Game Five, which they kind of left slip away to Trey Young with that shot that he made. So that will be something to watch out for. Um, and other news and stuff. You look at the Western Conference where things are at. I mean, the Lakers had chance possibly to close it out against Memphis yesterday, but, you know, it didn't come together for the Lakers in that third quarter to the end of the fourth quarter. Like, it just didn't, did not come together. The, the Grizzlies ended up playing, like, the number two seed that they were. Uh, this is the Grizzlies team that you expected to see, actually, earlier in the series. And this is why this series between the Lakers and the Grizzlies is, is a little bit scary for the Lakers now because, you know, the Grizzlies kind of found something you know, towards the end of this game five that it could possibly take into game six. But, you know, games five really just came down to Anthony Davis just playing well, but LeBron James not so much. LeBron James had a, a tough game. It wasn't the best. That you, you know, he still obviously got a number of points, but yes, his shots, his shot making and everything was not on par. He looked a little bit off, but Lakers will have a chance to close it out on Friday night under their lights, their roof, and they are going to have to play a lot better um, if they really want to close out Memphis and pull off a, a, a huge upset that it would be. They're going to have to play. So LeBron James is going to have to kind of turn back the clock uh, just the way he did kind of in game in game four 
and, and really take it to the Memphis Grizzlies and, and finish this for the Lakers to advance to the second round. The Golden State Warriors won game five in Sacramento. A great game between both teams. Uh, a competitive game that, you know, really just the Golden State Warriors with their experience and their versatility were able to pull away. You know, you just saw um, a lot of good things from, um, you know, you just saw a lot of good things from the Warriors in terms of their, you know, sharing the basketball, not turning the ball over. Obviously, Steph and Clay did their thing. But the, the surprising part about Game 5 was seeing, um, was seeing the performance of Draymond Green having an, actually a decent game. And that was probably a, a huge difference, probably for um, the Golden State Warriors. The Kings are a team that you know it's young. They're a team that you feel like will be able to do a number of things right, uh, you know. And um, you know, the Aaron Fox obviously playing with that finger was tough. Uh, you saw Sabonis do his thing, but. It just came down to execution and the late bit of basketball stretch. And the Kings just missed some chances. They missed some opportunities here and there, similar to how the last game went. And that's kind of the difference between you know, the Warriors and the Kings is that the Warriors have that experience where, you know, if those shots aren't falling in late situations. They're able to kind of persevere through it and still find a way to, to you know, get to, get to the line or make a play. Um, and that's what the Warriors did. Uh, and so now the Kings also find, find themselves down 3-2 now in the Golden State. And that will be a really tough atmosphere for uh, the Kings. So they're going to have to find a way to see if they can kind of, you know, extend their season here. Because they've had a tremendous one. Uh, but no doubt losing to the Warriors, being up, being up 2-0, would be, would be a tough one to swallow for the Kings. So we'll see if they're, they're up for it um, coming up in the next game. So now I want to transition and talk about the NFL draft, uh, which obviously is taking place tonight, as I mentioned off the top, and it's a lot of intrigue in terms of, you know, what, you know, what quarterbacks are going to go early, uh, in which order they, they might go in the first round. Uh, there are several teams that obviously are looking to either, you know, either move up and get a player of their, of their, on their board, um, or something's made but to move down and acquire, um, you know, draft capital. And you look at some of these picks and look at the draft board a little bit. I mean, some interesting spots, you know, that are something to watch out for. You know, you have the Philadelphia Eagles who have, you know, the number number 10 pick and the 30th pick, I believe. You know, those are two spots where the Eagles possibly could either you know, make some big moves and, you know, they may look to trade down and, and that 10th pick possibly if a team is interested in moving to the top 10. I think the, the Eagles are a team that will be looking, will be open to like business, I think, in terms of like trading picks and things like that. They're a team to watch out for because they have um, some good, decent draft picks, right, um, that they are going to be able to utilize and so how do they go about that will be interesting to watch. Um, I feel like Tennessee and 
Tennessee and Minnesota are two teams that I would say are two dark horse teams that I feel like maybe in play for a quarterback. Now the Vikings have, I think, uh, a pick in the in, in the twenties here, um, and you know, there's been talk about you know the Vikings and how how do they want to approach this draft and. Obviously, they do want to build off some of the success they had last year. Um, but looking at how the division is going um, and kind of the young quarterbacks that we see, you know, kind of coming. Like, like Justin Fields, obviously, is there, right? And now Jordan Love is going to be taken for the Packers. And, yes, Jared Goff is there as well uh, and for the Detroit. But, you know, I feel like these are a couple of teams that um, – you know, that could be in the market for, for a quarterback or look, looking to draft a quarterback, right? Because the Tennessee Titans, right? They're not so as high anymore on Malik Willis as they were a year ago, which is interesting to, to see because, you know, they probably have seen enough of him that the point where they don't really have, and they may don't really want to go in that direction. So Tennessee could be in a position uh, to make a move, right? They're at number 11 where... You know, if a quarterback does end up sliding, right, from either, like, Levis or, or Richardson, that's a spot Tennessee may be looking to kind of grab the quarterback. You know, that's not out of the question, right? If they have a quarterback that falls to them, that could be a spot where they may it'd be hard for them to pass up, right? The Vikings, on the other hand, right, they have the 23rd pick. You know, they obviously are – they got a new GM and a new kind of – structure in the building so you know will they go you know defensively they try to acquire some talent or will they look for the to get that young quarterback right or do they they believe they have that quarterback on you know on the roster that they they could you know because Kirk Cousins is solid yes but we've seen this thing before where um you know with Kirk Cousins you can win a lot of games but you don't get it done get it done you know when it matters the most so I feel like Minnesota should be in play for a quarterback if they choose to go in that direction. All right. Um, look at the Colts and the Arizona Cardinals. They're three and four. I have a feeling the Colts are going to move up to, to the third spot. And then they're going to trade picks with the Cardinals. I, I feel like that, that, that may happen. Um, just because I think that the Colts do obviously want to end up with one, one of the top quarterbacks in the draft. And, you know, I think a team... Like the Lions, who have a few first-round picks, I think um, Lions have, I think number six and number eighteen. The Lions are a team that, yes, they have addressed number of needs defensively, and they are going to ride it forward with Jared Goff. Um, but the Detroit Lions could be a team that, with their picks, they could move up, right, and they could try to bypass the Colts possibly for a quarterback. You never know because, right. The Cardinals will, will be looking to move down, I think. I, I don't know if the Cardinals are going to stay at number three tonight. I think they're going to try to, you know, get assets, recoup some picks, because they know they're going to have to address some other needs on this team. And so I feel like that's a spot where the Colts and the Lions, as well as maybe even Atlanta may try to move up, right? Because Atlanta, they're riding it forward, right, with what they have at the quarterback position, right? Um you know they are they're gonna give Desmond River that opportunity um, to be the quarterback or to start the season. Um, 
Yeah, there will be competition, obviously. Uh, I'm trying to forget the, I don't recall the name of the quarterback that they, they brought in to compete with him, but um, there is a possibility that Atlanta might be looking to move up or acquire some picks. So I think that top 10 will shuffle around a little bit. You know, the, the Raiders potentially as well. Uh, even with Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe looking for a quarterback. So you don't really know. There's a lot of intrigue in terms of like what teams we decide to do. Um, but those are the teams that I've mentioned here. I feel like are going to move up, make some moves. Um, you look at, you know, Washington and Seattle. Um, I think the Seattle Seahawks obviously are going to be an interesting spot as well. Right? They have Geno Smith locked up for the foreseeable future. But they also are a team that has, I think, a few first-round picks um, in the top 32 here. And Seattle definitely is going to need to either address the wide receiving position a little bit or their defense. Well, they had a pretty good year last year, and, you know, they obviously want to kind of build it up, build off that. So it'll be interesting to watch if Seattle kind of shuffles places as well. Um, the Patriots definitely need to find a way to uh, you know, make a splash or so, although if they... The conventional thing, wisdom would say that the Patriots may just move down and acquire more picks because that's what Bill Belichick likes to do. But the Patriots are all of a sudden right there, kind of in the middle of the Packers and the Jets, right? And so Patriots might have a chance to either draft as a tackle um, or a wide receiver. And it'll be interesting to see if they go the route of adding a wide receiver. They need to add some speed and some wide receiving help to that, that, that core. I think they made some okay moves, right? Uh, with the with the you know Smith Schuster signing, uh, but the Patriots may need to address a wide receiver. They may have to be you know in a position to draft a wide receiver this time around, and we'll see if they end up doing that because if they don't, you know there's a good chance this offense will stay stagnant and don't have and won't have that explosiveness that they need to be good. The Bears have number nine overall pick. They also have other picks in the draft later, which. I think the Bears are in a pretty good spot to address a number of needs around Justin Fields. I will say that there are two names that could be, um, you know, to watch for here. Obviously, you know, Buda Baker has asked for a trade, which hasn't kind of transpired yet. A team in the bottom half could be interested in doing that, possibly. You know, the Saints could be interested, or maybe the, the Cowboys could be as well. Um, so it's just to see if Buda Baker will get traded or not. Um, you know, there's obviously an offensive lineman for the Bengals that should be in the mix. Um, I think that Kansas City, sitting where they are at 30, 31, couldn't move up to get a wide receiver. You know, they obviously have uh, Kadarius Tony and, and Kelsey, right? And um, like the Chiefs have some decent weapons. They're obviously... And they ha- they're big on Sky Moore, who obviously had a pretty solid season, right? Um, and that's going to be something to watch out for, you know, is, you know, will, will the Chiefs kind of move up and try to draft a play, uh, draft a wide receiver, you know, in the top half of the draft, right? That could be something in play. Um, Buffalo Bills uh, may be interested in DeAndre Hopkins, who's another, you know, another name that's in the news for a trade, right? Maybe Hopkins possibly could end up uh, as a Buffalo Bill. And you never know because he's obviously talked about you know, trying to play for 
a contender, a team that has a chance, and that would be a prime spot where Buffalo, I could see Buffalo, you know, trading that pick away to get DeAndre Hopkins, so that's going to be interesting to watch as well. Um, obviously, the Jets and Giants have their picks there. The Jets will be definitely after one of the offensive linemen, possibly, but they could also move down knowing that they gave up some capital. They may try to move back down and acquire some extra picks. Um, so, and the Giants obviously do need to add a wide receiver. So, if they decide to move up a little bit or wait, they could end up with at least one of the top catchers in the draft. So, looking at the draft itself, I expect a lot of interesting moves to be made. I think some teams will be moving up and trading down. Um, but I think that Bryce Young, CJ Stroud are definitely in the running for the number one overall pick. And I think Bryce Young, considering how things have kind of gone lately. Bryce Young may be that guy at number one that Carolina takes and Carolina from there what they what they do in the draft ultimately at number one will obviously set the stage for some of these other teams that are looking to draft a quarterback um, in this in, in this draft tonight. So should be fun looking to kind of see how it all unfolds and give you my take and everything on some of the picks that I do like in tonight's draft as well as the picks that I think may, may be a little bit off and we'll see how it goes. So uh, once again, thank you for listening to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj Kalia. Have a good day, guys. Take care.